Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pillow Talk podcast. Today you are again joined by our loving hosts Jay Malhotra and Varun Kalra, and also our friend has joined us from Toronto, and it's six AM Toronto, Toronto. Right now, guys. It's Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. It's six AM there, and Raj is someone who does not wake up before four PM every single day. So we are very thankful for your gracious presence here, Raj. Would you be a Sweden say hi to our 20000 listeners first of all it's not toronto it's not toronto it's toronto and toronto i do not <laughs> <laughs> you just have to you just have to gargle inside your mouth and you'll be able to pronounce it it's wrong <laughs> so for those who don't know my name is raj and i'm the third and only friend of manan and jay and the reason i was not able to do the podcast before was because i actually have things to do in my life i go to school and i work part time that's so why i was i was i've been pretty busy and the reason i'm still in school is because i want to graduate in 4 years and that is something that jay doesn't know about because he's probably not going to graduate or he's probably going to take 6 to 7 years how many credits do you have left for your last it sem irrespective of that i will still yeah. complete it in 4 years that is the big point i think i think the real reason why raj uh, could not be a part of this podcast was because he was partying uh, in his frat uh, raj is a party boy for all those who don't know him and he likes to involve himself in a lot of alcohol <laughs> that is not true and the alcohol part definitely and all the other stuff i don't want to comment on it so let's move on or all of you who think that the frat is what led raj into this lifestyle you should know that raj is the person who introduced manan and i to alcohol it is that because is of him that we are true. struggling right now in this <laughs> lockdown without enough booze to sustain ourselves <laughs> but we'll get and i think, <laughs> we'll I, think get every, through it somehow. i think everything we know about um, frats and all the all these what should i call them raj boy clubs bad habits man and that is what you should call them so <laughs> so everything everything we know about the frat is through raj and it it's actually very correctly depicted in all the movies as well so raj do you have any comments on that not really i don't i don't want to comment on do you that. do you accept <laughs> these allegations <laughs> i may or may not <laughs> excellent I do not accept any of these charges. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the reason that we have Raj on with us today is because a few days back, again at six a.m. in Toronto, Toronto, Raj <laughs> told us that he was extremely frustrated because of this one assignment that he was struggling to finish at six a.m. in the morning. So naturally, the first thought that came to my mind also was that, I mean, you're being stupid if you didn't work for it earlier. But that wasn't the issue, and there were, you know, there was a major theme at play there. So to discuss just the frustration with the ecosystem that we've been put in for as long as we can remember, we decided that if someone like Raj or someone like us, if we are going through all of this, then there must be a lot of other people who are also going through the same thing. And it always helps to know that you know you're not in it alone, and there are other people going through the same shit as you. so which is why today we decided to talk about how the paradox of education and how the culture of education is not exactly benefiting us in the way that we think it is and i think i think raj has a very strong opinion about it which dates back to our class 12 <laughs> 
I think Raj Raj will be a better narrator for that story. So go ahead, Raj. Okay, so definitely, I think the best background for this whole story has to be my board twelve class, book class twelve board account, no accounts board fiasco. And for those of you who don't know, if you don't do well in your boards, your life is fucked up. Your life is finished, and that's how the rules have been made, and that's how it's going to be for the next forty years at least. That's how we've been told. Like, yeah, yeah. It's been like that for the last forty years. And, it's probably yeah, be and it's been engraved in our mind since a very, very young age that if you don't perform well on your boards, then you basically screwed up. Basically, oh, after all, sirf boards hi matter karte. Uske baad to maze hai na. So here's what happened. This is around one week before the accounts board, and I'm in my tuition, balling out, and easily getting ninety out of hundred in all the mock tests, and. Finishing all my exams around thirty minutes before time, and I'm pretty confident about myself this time. I go to the exam center. I'm pretty calm because I usually don't get that stressed for exams. I sit down. I start my paper from the back, which is what all the tutors have taught us that you always do the big question first. I start with the twelve marker. I'm doing the twelve marker, and I take fifteen minutes into it. I realize that I have no clue what I'm doing. Right? This whole question is messed up, and I'm not going to be able to finish this question. It's been 25 minutes. I've wasted my time on this question. I start attempting the second part, like the second option of the same question. Luckily, it took me like 20 minutes, but I did the question. But at this point, it's been one third of the paper is finished, and I only done one question. So I try to hustle it out and pace it out, and I'm like, I'm going to finish this exam. I'm going to finish this exam. But sadly for me, uh, half an hour is left, and I'm only halfway through the exam. By the time the exam is finished, I've only completed around 70% of the exam, and I am on the verge of crying. I am pretty much gutted, and I look at Manan, and he's looking at me, and he knows that I'm about to cry. And I, and, and I remember exactly like as soon as the exam ended, I looked at Raj, and I was expecting a very happy smile because my my paper was like extremely like it went very smoothly. So I looked at Raj, expecting a similar facial expression, and I, and I looked at him, and I asked him, "Ki bro, how was it?" And he gave me the worst look ever, like as if I had killed a dog or something. He gave me that look, and he just rushed out of the rushed out of the exam hall, and and we didn't see any more of Raj that day. So that's not even thing the that I to... need to add here is that, Manan, why do you know what look a person gives to the other person when they've killed a dog? Bro, I'm assuming. <laughs> Bro, that was probably that worse than you, bro. Yeah, I think it, it was the worst look, bro. Like, it was a mixture between did you kill a dog and I've pulled my pants. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that happened, but that was not the worst of it. So, what these guys don't know is that once the exam finished, and so you have to stay in class for another 20 minutes for some weird reason, but I asked the teacher if I can go to the washroom, and I went out, took my bag, and left. I was the first out of 500 people to leave the building. And the norm was that your parents are supposed to wait outside the building to greet the child and ask them how the exam is. Luckily or not luckily for me, my parents don't bother to come to this situation. So probably I because they love your brother more. That is definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happens: I go out, I see this this one parent stops me, who's a parent of one of my friends, and she sees that I'm pretty gutted, and I'm on the verge. I'm probably crying at this point. I don't even remember. And she asked me, "Beta, how did my son do?" I'm like, "Oh, nice one, auntie." I'm like, "Fuck you! <laughs> I don't give a fuck how your son did." And I'm not, I'm not gonna listen to your question right now. And I just leave. I don't even answer. I just leave. 
and fast forward two days after this i haven't seen anyone i haven't picked up any calls i've probably just talked told my mom that my exam went shit and i'm going to talk to you after two days and i call manan and i explain <laughs> the whole situation and this by this time manan already like manan already assumed what had happened and he tries to console me tell me that next exam is going to be better this one doesn't even matter you take best of four this is this and all that bullshit and i remember and i remember telling raj the same day ki bro there was a friend of my sister who 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 attempted like 60% of his business studies paper and he actually got a 90 95% on his exam and raj was like no bro that's bullshit come on that doesn't happen cut to our result day our result day So here's what I am hoping. I'm hoping for doing decently well in math because I would always struggle with that, and I'm hoping for at least a seventy-five in accounts out of with grace that I can just take best out of four and drop accounts. So I open my result and I see math and I get ninety out of hundred, which is for those of you who don't understand that ninety out of hundred means the world to me. Like I've never done this good in a math exam. I am extremely happy. Then I look at my accounts exam. I get a ninety-two out of hundred. I'm like, what the fuck? How does that happen? How do I leave thirty marks and I get a ninety-two? Like that's beyond my imagination. And one more thing that we have to, you know, take into consideration here is that if you, if you look at yourself as an individual who you know did badly but somehow ended up scoring well, then there must be a lot of people who did very well but ended up scoring badly. So. I mean, how do you know? You get to a situation of parity where there is no very where no one is being disadvantaged too much, or no one is being advantage advantaged too much. So, so when my result came, my initial reaction was obviously super. I was super happy that wow, I got a ninety two. I'm probably going to mm-hmm. get a good college now. Probably not in DU because DU is stupid. Ninety-eight <laughs> okay. percent to get in, but whatever. <laughs> not stupid in the sense of curriculum. Probably stupid in the sense of curriculum. Yeah, yeah, bro. Too, stupid but, in the <laughs> sense of curriculum as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think my, everyone agrees. So, but here's the here's the issue that the, I I can't tell you how like how to make a parity in this situation because. there is no way around it like i alone cannot change i ca- i cannot do anything like for okay. something good to happen the whole system needs to change and yeah, for that you need like a complete revamp of the system because i think just to add on to that to to get parity first of all we have to completely remove state boards and central exam and stuff like that and we need one question paper on one day for every student throughout india That's the because, thing, which is never going to happen because then schools will not grow. It's a business. That's what I've realized. Like school need like all these schools, they need to have like, okay, our school did this this much, so that's mm-hmm. why we deserve the best students, right. so we can charge them the best fees. And it's not an education system anymore. It's now it's a business now, and yeah, it is extremely tough to change that. I think a lot of it depends on. See, the thing is, there are. probably 20 30000 probably even more teachers who are correcting our papers like once we submitted it we don't know who's checking our papers and throughout india there are so many people appearing for boards each year there are so many different people who are checking the paper and even though there's an answer key there's so much subjectivity to each person's paper that you can't really bring parity into this situation Yeah, so I, like the whole system needs to be revamped. I don't know how it should it should happen, but it really needs to happen. 
and like you mentioned that you know this is a business so <laughs> schools are doing the absolute absolutely the weirdest shit that they can to maximize their profits if you want to put it that way in our school you guys remember this happened that we were told that so we were in once we went i think 9th or 10th grade i think we all of us when we started 10th grade and suddenly you know our parents got a notification that oh we are making an ability section in our school and all of us thinking what the fuck is an ability section and how do you decide who goes there and then our school hand picked people from each section and they pushed them into one section and the others we were just told to continue you know doing what we were doing because we can't get you anything and we aren't as important as the other guys i think that sucks uh, that was the stupidest thing i have ever seen in the school and it was so funny bro like they were like they came to class like the hod or whatever who was in charge and they're like is classy ye che bachche and they need to go to the ability section because yeah they picked they up they picked up like all, all, everyone who got a 10 cgp and they were like okay yeah. let's go to another class right now <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, it was it, the whole system was stupid i like a lot of people ended up doing it but a lot of people those who did not choose to do it i represent personally i have seen yeah, same bro i have seen <laughs> that jay do you want to say something no jen jen never got the chance to get into the ability section <laughs> You didn't get a ten CGPA either, Raj. Mother, to be honest, bro, they asked me to go in the section. Yeah, but the point is a ten CGPA. I don't think that's how they picked, bro. Then they just picked the smartest one. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like whatever, whatever the good cover up, Raj. Good cover up. <laughs> it was just a stupid system, and I don't think there is any way to motivate any child. And that is just school showing us that they don't care about. the holistic approach they just care about the good grades and getting their reputation yeah so like this is the point that you mentioned that you know there needs to be one test that everyone takes hmm. so that is similar to the structure of the sat that takes place in us right everyone yeah, takes the same and their a levels and all across yeah, uh, uk so do you think that is a better way of judging you know a student's aptitude than what our system is and if so how do you think their system evaluates learning outside of the academic curriculum according to me i think i'll just say that see like you can criticize examination as much as you can and you can you can like you can find a hundred faults in the sat as well but the thing is you have to have one criteria which will measure the ability of a student which is actually the paradox of education like even though there's just one exam and you grind throughout that year throughout the whole year for that one sat exam and if you don't score well you just don't score well you have to take it another time like there's so much it's so problematic at at every level because you don't know whether educate like whether a, whether an exam could be the right um, what do we call the right judgment criteria for a for a student but again that's what it boils down to and i think that's what translate translates into college as well i think raj will give us a better example of how colleges work outside india and how so per, personally i don't think the sat is a very good uh, like it's definitely a way to evaluate the whole all the criteria but again it it has the same issues that the board system has that you are focusing too much on three things like math and 
like okay, okay it it does have a sort of a problem solving aspect to it but that also does not reflect all the qualities of a student that's where i believe it leaves and yeah i, I think I, I agree with that yeah because so i feel that the schools need to adopt a different system at a very base, basic level that means that starting from i don't know grade 1 or grade 2 they need to start adding a lot more different kind of studying or curriculum techniques that is not revolving around academics at least right this could mean anything this could mean like speaking abilities confidence building abilities mental health and whatever whatever you want to talk about whatever makes a student more comfortable and more confident in whatever he wants to represent himself as and that is something that schools have not been doing definitely not in india i don't know about this high school structure in canada or america or whatever because i have not done that but i'm pretty sure because most of the students i've seen over here they're, they're pretty much the same as the rest of the world so we've they're, been, they're not doing any discussion yeah and we've been told like once you've done once you're done with your boards and you can go to college then you can choose subjects that you want you can you can take other subjects that you feel more inclined towards and stuff like that but that's where raj's real frustration comes into play so yeah exactly here's what happens i change my whole country to get into a system which which, which will have a more open approach that's what i that's what i expected and at some some level i did get that because there was a lot more flexibility in the kind of subjects i can take the way the system is going to run but i'm like now entering my fourth year and i've realized that it all revolves around the same bullshit my exam that i was my assignment that that i was frustrated about i was literally copying answers from google or some other thing and the only reason i was up till 6 am was because it was taking time for me to copy this from that place and that's not because like i didn't know the answer that's just because that's easier because this is not something like i need like like i need i need to have an aptitude to know this is just something that i have to copy from somewhere and i just to have to put it on paper and submit it and that's how most of the assignments are based in this country as well so overall all the systems are pretty much fucked and there is i don't i don't see a way around it right now so like all uh, the yeah what like i agree that there are a lot of you know there are most of the subjects do require you to just you know copy paste the information but so there were two points like manan mentioned the avenue for making choices so that is something that i feel i have been given a very comfortable you know space to make choices in terms of what i want to study in my college and uh if i'm excluding a few courses then most of my courses do evaluate qualitative thinking which doesn't involve you know so uh, i'll tell you this one story about my professor so this is a professor who's taking a course in international relations and governance and the thing is that uh, so another very important thing is that he asks for all handwritten assignments which sucks because no one's in the habit of writing anymore and we had to submit this 1500 to 2000 word essay handwritten so instead instead of evaluating us on you know our grammar or the language that we've chosen he just wanted us he when he was evaluating it he highlighted the ideas that he saw in our essay and he marked us on the basis of that this was just our first assignment as we moved on then grammar had certain marks language had certain marks but this is something that i felt actually made sense to a student who was but, you know trying to figure out whether or not they know what they 
you know what they are being taught so what i'm trying to ask you is that do you think that this culture of you know being allotted marks on the basis of some assignment is completely uh, irrelevant and redundant i before i answer that your situation was that a one off or is that something that you yeah exactly have, yeah, yeah so this has this has happened a lot of times in particular courses but like i'm saying there are other courses that again so all courses are you know structured on the discretion of the instructor so most of my courses when it comes to management and other subjects they are very straightforward in terms of copying information from one place to the other but there are courses like i mentioned this one where they do evaluate us on our qualitative thinking and the ideas that we are proposing so here's what i think okay so here's what i think that a lot of the courses need to have a academic aspect to it in the sense that it needs they need to be evaluated based on how you're doing in the exam like math statistics or financial courses but what i would personally want to see is that you reduce that weightage to i don't know less than 25% of a particular semester or something because my exam the structure towards the, like my finance exams are based basically 70% exams when 10% participation 20% assignments which are also basically exams so if they are able to structure something in a way that it inc- incorporates a lot of uh i would say presentations which shows all the other capabilities of a student i feel that is a much better way to evaluate a student and if that can be given around 60% weightage then that would definitely change a lot of things that's what i feel at least i think i think but um, like if you think about it education okay i'm i'm actually very surprised about um, the education choices like the the whole thing that jay said about him having these specific instructors having these specific professors who actually rate you on what you like on your ideas and not your language or grammar which is good but then again we have to talk about how we are put into a system of education where if you don't do a specific course like great you have you have the choice to pursue a, a specific course but if you don't do xyz course then you won't be able to get into finance like why is that such a such a strong um uh necessity to have in your curriculum just if you want to get into finance like if you want to get into core finance then you have to do economics for let's say four semesters or you have to do xyz number of credits of economics or this or that i mean i don't understand that i mean this is like kind of arbitrary in the sense that a lot of finance specialist courses would require certain prerequisite that you would need and but, but again, again this comes you comes down to the whole situation who decides those prerequisites right yeah exactly right. and you have you have internet at your discretion you have everything available on the internet if you see the thing is even if you learn something from uni or at school there's a very small chance that you'll remember it forever right oh, so at the end of the day if you're pursuing something in finance and you need that sort of economics education again 99% times you'll go on the internet and read up about it again and actually study it again just to implement it right so if that's inevitably right. happening why do you have to pursue certain courses just to be in a certain degree certain line of work like i totally agree with that because 
so i'm currently doing an internship and this internship required me to know a bit about financial modeling and all the other financial related stuff and they did not teach me that in like by the time i was in my second year that's when i got my internship and i was able to learn all this in like a quick two month online research kind of thing that i just spent two months and i was able to learn all of this and so that's where i completely agree with you that all this can be learned on the internet and that's why that's again going back to my earlier point the school system needs to be changed and everything around it has to change like right? they need to evaluate the whole learning criteria and i don't know how they're going to do it but they definitely have to do it that's what so what what would be one of your like final thoughts on someone who's struggling at a similar situation like yours okay my final thought i would like to apologize to jay for making fun of him earlier but that was in <laughs> that was all in good jokes but i personally feel if you're going to take Three years to graduate, kudos to you. That is amazing. Where you probably you probably smart or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. You probably not. But if you're gonna take five years or six years, it really doesn't matter. Like if you if you're gonna take six years and you're master in whatever you're trying to learn, then that is definitely worth it. You're gonna do two hundred times better than what a regular four hundred four year graduate is gonna do. So my final thoughts would be. that just take your time do what you want to do don't worry about societal pressure family pressure whatever pressure that you have to graduate in four year doesn't really matter just do good like just take your time be happy be comfortable in what you're doing and try to try to increase all your other skills and not just academic skills your confidence building skills everything else just do good like you'll be fine just take six years seven it doesn't matter you'll do you think do you think there should be more qualitative courses in colleges as well like qualitative in terms of like you said confidence building and stuff like that like the, not in the mainstream courses like not in like i'm a finance economics specialist so we definitely don't have that but there are so, like, some should they have it oh definitely like that is like they should definitely start that in high school and by the time you like the actual scenario would be ideal scenario would be that you start that in high school by the time you reach college you wouldn't need that but sadly that is not happening so I would say that if no, so and here's the thing. Then that's what I used to think that my college has a lot of presentations, so that is good. But the thing is that these presentations are just happening. Like they're evaluating your presentation. They're not teaching you how to do a presentation, and that is what should have been taught to you in school. And if someone taught me that in high school, like way earlier, starting from grade two and reaching grade twelve, I knew I was super confident in giving presentations. I could implement that in college, and I. it would be a, it would be a great time for me then but that is not happening and i really hope that it happens in the future what are your final thoughts on this jay yeah so i feel that at the end of the day there is if you talk about it rationally then there's no escape from it right you from school yeah. you go to college from college you go to work course yeah so you are just perpetually caught up in this and for me i think the most important part and the most important thing that helps you cope with this is that you should take your own time and not be flustered by you know what the other person is doing or how they are doing it as long as you are comfortable with your own self as long as you are comfortable and happy with what you are doing like raj said you are going to be extremely successful and one thing that people often mistake is that you know they think that success being successful is okay but 
we need to remember that if you're successful, you also need to be happy. And to be happy, you need to be at peace with your own self, which only comes when you've taken enough time to think about what you're doing. Yeah, and just just to provide like an, an opposing view on this, I think everything that Rajinjai said is great to hear. But again, as soon as you step out in the real world, which is not as ideal as we wish we wish it it were but it's not but as soon as we step out in the real world it's again you being thrown into the education because i know the next generation that comes up our kids or something like that they will again go down a similar road where we will have to actually teach them the importance of prioritizing happiness over let's say success for that matter in in very like arbitrary sense so the last thing i would say to that is that schools prepared us for getting a job but they should have prepared us for living life and that's oh my god oh my god wow borderline i think that's a perfect were wondering <laughs> i just i just want to say all the bird noises is because it's 6:30 am in toronto so and also all of you should know that we are very grateful we are very thankful for all the education that we've received yeah. we are aware of the privilege that we enjoy and the only reason that we've come out to talk about all of this stuff is because it's been bothering us and we are sure that it must have been bothering a lot of other people too please don't mistake us for being you know ungrateful or for not recognizing the fact that you know we enjoyed great quality education at the absolute right times Definitely. I think that's a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much Rajveer. We hope you join us for more episodes. If you do like Rajveer on this podcast, please message us on our Instagram at @thepillowtalk_podcast and you can you can message us individually as well. Uh thank you so much for joining us again this week. We're very grateful to the 20,000 people who are listening to our podcast. Uh thank you and see you again very soon.